Welcome to Between the Ears, the podcast that believes it's all in your head. This is episode three. You're about to hear an unscripted conversation about what's normal. Are you the example of a normal person? Am I a normal person? What does an abnormal person look like? These are difficult questions. In each episode, our goal is to reach some potential answers by the end for listeners. I'm Stack, and here is Z Stuff with the start of our show. I'm definitely not normal. Right, you've confessed to start um, us off yes, that you're not normal. That's my confession for today. People have told you you're not normal or you feel like internally you're not normal? Both. I've been called abnormal and I know deep down inside I'm not normal. Does that mean you're special as well? Yes, I'm special. <laughs> so you're, you're thinking abnormal is a good thing. That's, are you talking about it as a good thing? I am. I used to think it was a bad thing to not be normal. But I'm, as I get older, I'm starting to think that it is really a good thing. Yeah, I think we can both realize and we don't have to debate it that being normal is not necessarily a good thing and having some sort of pride or be considered abnormal in some way can be a good thing. Yes. I mean, we, we can move beyond that right away. Uh, so you, you want to go further? You want to share how you're, you're not normal? Um, I just think that I'm not normal in the fact that I don't conform to society's standards of who I have to be. In a sense, everybody is normal because they all have a routine. Everyone has a routine. You wake up, you go to work, whatever it is, or you wake up, you take care of the children. To me, that is normal. However, it's your personality that makes you abnormal. So you wouldn't be able to identify an abnormal person like yourself, evidently, um, by looking at them, right? It's not, a, it's not a physical thing. No. But it could be a physical thing. It could. Yeah. But the kind of abnormal you're talking about is both a good thing and something that's more internal. Yes. What do you think? Are you normal? Well, I'd go with normal. I'm thinking of average. One of my nightmares is to be average. Uh, they always talk about the middle class in politics and just they're describing the prototypical average American. And for some reason, I don't like the idea of it, but I'm not sure outwardly I don't look like the prototypical middle-class American. Interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised that you brought up the middle-class because that's the first thing I thought of because to me, that's society's standards being middle-class and, you know, everything's fine. And, you know, you go to work, you come home and you have, you don't have that much stress in life. To me, that's what I think society looks for. So do you think we should talk about what's the normal American? Or are we talking about the normal person? Is it different by nation? It's different by nation. I don't think there's, I think what's normal for us here in the States isn't necessarily normal, let's say in Africa or Asia. To them, we can look abnormal what we do. Like, for example, most people don't use toilets outside of the United States. I was reading an article about that and I was very <laughs> disgusted and appalled and didn't I couldn't believe that. And then I was like, well, that's what they're used to. That's their norm. You're talking about developed world countries or like third world countries that aren't as developed? Uh, India, places in India, like even hotels, like you, nice hotels that you go to, they don't use bathrooms. They don't have toilets. So what happens? They're squatting somewhere? Yeah. You're literally... I was re It was an article I was reading about this woman who traveled and she went all over the world. It was very nice places and there was hotels but she noticed that when she went to the bathroom it was literally like a hole in the floor mm. and that's how you used the bathroom and 
So there's potentially a hotel in India. I don't want to overgeneralize. Right. Um, that has a hole in the floor in the hotel room, and that's where you in the in the in what they call the bat in the bathroom. Okay. They go and that's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I yeah, and you can't use toilet paper because most places ask mm. you not to because it stops the flow of. Yeah, hard on sewer systems. Yeah, I. It was very interesting to me because I thought that was so abnormal. But to them, that is normal. All right. So as far as normal, normal is different based yes. on different cultures, potentially. And yet there's so many things that unite us. Everyone wants to be safe. Everyone wants to be happy. And there's so many universal things. American culture is kind of spread universally. People like uh, Hollywood entertainment stuff, too. So there's so many things that unite us by culture. And yet there's things that are different. So normal in America Interesting. You don't think you're the example of a normal person? You think you're kind of special? I am. I kind of feel like I think I'm special in some way. I think you are as well. Thank you. So we both think that, but what does that mean about us? Is If both of us feel that way, aren't there a lot of other people out there that feel the same way? Example, I can picture in a workplace, you give a team a lecture on some sort of corrective action that we have some sort of problem going on in the department and that this is happening, you don't spotlight anyone, and everybody says, yes, this is a very serious problem, but internally, they think the problem is not from them. So individually, we have these delusions, possibly, and maybe we're deluding ourselves that we're not normal, where really everyone's walking around this way, thinking, hey, I'm not a normal person, I'm special, I'm different. And that's how we get through the day. So really is the way we're both thinking that we're not examples of normal, and kind of prideful about it is that really the normal oh mind blown i i don't have a response for that honestly i mean we possibly it is that way that we all think like that so then is that the norm so i think we need help already i do i need help we're gonna go to our reading uh early in this podcast um this is from a book by a psychologist nasir gayami um he wrote a book called a first-rate madness and it's about the um, abnormal history of different presidents having a pragmatic leader uh, goes outside the U.S. too versus somebody with a little bit of mental illness. And um, I'm going to read from it in a second. But to sum up the whole book really briefly, um, if we run down some different presidents, we have somebody like Barack Obama was a pragmatic president. Somebody, according to this psychologist, would be a, a good leader but not in a time of crisis. Harry Truman would be another example of that. And then we shift to our American leaders that have had mental illness. And does anyone come to mind for you, Z stuff? Trump. Uh, well, I, I'm gonna leave out, <laughs> I, I'm really gonna leave out current presidents, but um, Abraham Lincoln is well known to be very depressed and he's considered one of our greatest presidents, right? So there's mental illness there. John F. Kennedy, and this book broke some new ground in that way, had a condition called Addison's disease, and he got a shot of testosterone almost every single day. I didn't know that. He was a bit abnormal. Yeah. And Winston Churchill, who I always use as the biggest example, um, this psychologist, this author uh, contends he was possibly bipolar. He was self-medicating himself with alcohol, uh, et cetera. And he was one of the few um, that really identified the danger of Hitler. Uh, where a lot of others uh, prior to World War II were, 
not seeing the threat that was there, including the the previous prime minister in England, Neville Chamberlain, and um, FDR in America um, did not jump into World War II anytime quickly. And that was at the urging of Churchill repeatedly as well. So does mental illness define being normal? Is that the norm? Does that make a great leader? Well, and that's the contention of this book, which is really highly interesting. And of course, you know, a bit contentious is in a time of crisis um, or a coming crisis, if you're mentally ill, you have a better um, vantage point or perspective on reality, the author contends. You're not operating under some sort of delusion that a normal person would be. So to to add more context and to apply it to our lives, I, I read from this book. So he's, well, I'll just read right from the book. This is about what it means to be normal. Uh, the author, the psychologist I mentioned, Nasir Gayami, says, we tend to see mental health as being normal, happy, realistic, fulfilled. Yet in his review of research, um, and he references uh, another author, showed that we sacrifice realism in the interest of happiness. So I just talked about leaders like Churchill, et cetera. They can identify, they may not be happy people, but they may be able to see a situation more realistically, like the threat of Hitler, um, Civil War era for Lincoln, et cetera. They may be able to identify a threat better than someone that is quote unquote normal. Because again, based on his review of the research, we sacrifice realism in the interest of happiness. So our view of reality becomes um, skewed by our pursuit of happiness. The normal person, again, would be considered the happier person. That's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That's funny that he says that. So uh, there's two more aspects of this from the book, and then that'll be the end of our reading. Uh, There's two aspects um, that this author, two conclusions um, that he came to about what it means to be normal. Number one is the skew of happiness, and number two is the perils of success. So the skew of happiness. Under normal conditions, normal people overestimate themselves. We think we have more control over things than we do. We're more optimistic than circumstances warrant. We exaggerate our skills, beauty, and intelligence. So that is the skew of happiness for the quote-unquote normal person. And then the perils of success. Um, He references another one of his peers, uh, Leston Havens, a wise psychotherapist, he said, once commented to me that he had known many people who had been improved by failure and many ruined by success. Failure deflates illusion, while success only makes illusion worse. So most normal, mentally healthy people have these features. They overestimate how happy they are. And then when things go well, the illusion only gets worse that everything's fine and that they're happy. Um, and behavioral economists today are uh, kind of seconding this with how people go about their investments. You buy eight stocks and you've made money on all of them. You think uh, you have the Midas touch. Everything you touch will turn to gold and you will make money on the ninth uh, stock, the tenth, etc. When really at some point you you crash and burn and you, you come back to earth, um, as one would say, you come back to reality when your um, your balloon, your, your illusion has been um, uh, kind of popped. So I think that's a bit cocky for people to think like that, but I understand where they're coming from. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm not normal in the fact that I think it's better to fail because now I know what I need to do next, what the next step is in order to succeed. Um, I think I also think that mental illness is like a serious stigma. 
I think that's what we're talking about is mental health it, with normal. I think that's what it's coming down to I, is mental health. And there's such a stigma around mental illness, but listening to that, to the book, it seems like he thinks that it's okay to be that way while society deems everybody, you know, anybody who's not on medication is normal. Yeah. And when you're on medication or you have issues, that's bad. Yeah, if you're happy, if you're not happy, realistic, and unfulfilled, like the author said, you're weak, right? That's what society's saying. You need a medication, right. you need a therapist, etc. So, and I think that's a lot of our mission with this podcast, where we're talking about mental health. We're talking about the mental side of life, what goes on between the ears, and that's what this normal label is coming down to. It's mental health. It is. It's really coming down to that, and I think. That's something that really needs to be spoken about more often. I think it's giving kids the wrong impression that if there's something wrong, that I'm not normal and that that's where depression comes in and that's where suicide comes in and that's where all these other aspects of unhappiness come in. And I just think we need to stop saying that not being mentally stable is not normal. I think people are striving for perfection especially when you bring up kids. I think parents are trying to have the perfect kid and anything less than perfection may lead to some sort of complex. Um, so normal becomes perfection, which is, and that's totally unattainable. Isn't that a form of um, abnormal in itself? What What's the person that attains perfection on earth? It's probably a saint. Right. And uh, God. there's a few saints, um, probably, um, if they're legitimate saints, but that's, that is tough to achieve. I'm a you saint. Know? We are not going to achieve perfection. <laughs> I'm a saint. I'm a saint in my own crazy world. So I'm normal in my world. I'm a saint. But nobody's perfect. And I think that's the problem. I think so many people, I think the media is really getting, making kids have the wrong impression, making anyone have the wrong impression. They sit here and these celebrities buy their bodies and have these little kids thinking that that's the way to be. And then when they don't achieve that, it's the end of the world. And I think parents need to really start paying attention to what's going on with their kids, not just when they have time, but with what they watch and what they do and teach them that it's okay to be themselves. It's okay to not have the perfect body because nobody's perfect. Yeah, no doubt. But that doesn't seem to be happening. I don't feel that in our society. I still see the airbrush pictures are examples of pushing products. I think you have more celebrity endorsers for products that seems to be the new method in retail that's when you were talking about the makeup that's interesting um alicia keys she was doing this no makeup movement mm -hmm. and a lot of people were saying oh she's still wearing makeup and she's not natural and who knows i can't tell from the screen and can you would you be able to tell if somebody had makeup on or not yeah i think i can actually i mean i i notice it more you know, your nightly newscast or whoever, you can see the amount of makeup that is on them, especially for a man, because it's unusual for a man to wear makeup unless you're in an entertainment field. You know, you're, you're on a small screen or a large screen. See, I didn't think about the men. You're right. But more and more, they're being caked up. looking. It's artificial. And artificial is being considered perfect. So I guess that's becoming the norm. All right. So we're, we're glad not to be normal yes, is what we're we deciding. Are. Oh, God. So one, one of our questions was, what does an abnormal person look like? 
maybe what does a normal person look like? I'm I'm getting confused on what I'm so looking for I. now. I think the average person is becoming abnormal. Now that we're sitting here having this conversation, I think about the media and everything. I think being the average person might be abnormal because society is deeming these celebrities as normal and all this makeup and all these body images and airbrushing seems to be becoming the norm. Well, you're the person that looks like, or especially when you interact with them, we can't tell much from media pictures or video, but the person that looks to be normal we could almost consider them a pretender, right? Because we just said that nobody's perfect. Right. So we're, we're witnessing, we're interacting with a pretender. They aren't being, my favorite words, authentic. Um, a lot of us are not as, we act a little differently when maybe we go to our jobs. We're not as authentic. We're not the same person we are when we come home. Um, so maybe uh, we're, we're seeing pretenders out there. And a lot of what we're doing with that social s- stigma with mental illness is trying to break through that pretending so we can all be ourselves and stop pretending like uh, we are happy and see the world realistically and we're fulfilled. So then I need to start going to work, being miserable and not saying nothing and just sitting there uh, and grunting because I don't even speak when I get home because I'm too busy being perky and happy at work. That's an interesting thought. If we, if we actually went out and were authentic with our feelings, we got to be careful how we express them because that would clearly not go well. I think anyone listening could say that will not go well for Z stuff to start doing those things. I'd get fired, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that performance would be well received. <laughs> Especially after all my pretending of being happy, which, okay, you know what? Maybe at times it's not pretending. Maybe there are good days. Everybody has good days. But there are days that I don't want to sit there and say anything to anyone. I don't want to say good morning. I don't want to say hi. Why can't I be like that? No, I, I'm with you. And um, I don't know, because we are up and down. We're all up and down, right? Right. I mean, some people are more consistent than others mentally with how they feel, um, whether it's inherently, intrinsically, how their brain circuitry works, or whether it's their external circumstances. Right now, I'm trying to change the way I think. I'm trying to go from a negative space to a positive space. I'm trying Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if it's working. What do you think? Is it working? I think you're doing all right. (laughs) I'm trying. But but one of the ways to to achieve that, you probably got to avoid other negative people. Yes. And, you know, what we just talked about would conflict with that. You would be someone that someone on the same path would be trying to avoid. So even if we feel these things, we got to do it constructively and to express ourselves honestly, but not in a way that brings other people down. Because just just because we're not perfectly happy and we're not totally fulfilled doesn't mean it has to be a negative thing. It's just the realistic aspect of life. You know, we're, we're unrealistic trying to strive for perfection. We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves or so upset if we feel that way, right? I mean, because you're talking about feeling these things as right. negative. It's really normal what you're describing. You just took the words out of my mouth. Ultimately, yeah. I guess that is the norm. I guess that is being normal. And I and so maybe people are more normal than we think. Hey, listeners, want to share what's going on between your ears? Tweet us at Between the Ears. That's a capital B, T-W-E-E-N, underscore ears, between ears. Now back to our conversation. So we've really, we struggled with this one, I think, I uh, think more so. so than the first two episodes, normal versus abnormal. Um, we both want to be abnormal? I think I'm, so. I'm still phrasing it as a question. Um, I like 
life who I am. I think who I am is fine. And just because one person doesn't deem it normal doesn't mean somebody else agrees with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with who I am. I think there's always room for improvement, but I like being abnormal. I like being eccentric. I like being out there and I like people not knowing what's going to come out of my mouth because I have no filter at times. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. That's my normal. Well, and here's my deep thought to go with that. I've always had this thought when I struggled about when I was younger, is there a God? Is there not a God? And I think one of the greatest proofs there is a God is that we're all so different this where it's also random in the world that that we're all so different um you couldn't possibly create a world this complex if there was not a god it just you know you would think humans would be very much alike in a lot of ways but the world wouldn't work if we all wanted to be the same job position we all wanted to do the same thing we all wanted to eat the same thing the world wouldn't go around it's it's the diversity of the world that that makes it interesting and it, it makes the world function. So you're expressing pride for being unique. And I think we're all unique. And those of us that think we're not unique probably are not that in touch with who we really are inside or suppressing some of our inherent skills or positive um, aspects in some way. So I think you're totally justified in how you feel. And the, the pride in your voice is a good thing. What about you? What about me? Are you normal or abnormal? Do you like being abnormal? Are you average? What about you? I, I said in the beginning that, that, you know, one of my nightmares would be considered average, mm-hmm. which would be you did. normal, I, I, I think. But to define that is a really tough thing. I'm not happy all the time. I'm not fulfilled all the time. But that, that doesn't mean that, you know, um, I'm not on the right track in life. And I think it's unrealistic. Uh, to expect life to just float along. And frankly, it might be a little boring too. You know, I, I, I relate more to what I read from the author about the failures and successes. I, I always say, you know, I need to be failing at something to show myself that I'm really challenging myself in some way. Uh, I think the toughest thing about this normal and abnormal is what you mentioned with the social stigma with mental illness. Um, I, I think we're both talking in ways that we're pretty comfortable with ourselves. But when the world around you, whether it's family, work, friends, whatever, uh, acquaintances, you feel rejected by who you are, I think that's tougher. And that's tough for people because you got to take in some feedback from the world to, to filter it and say, am I on the right track in life? Or do I really need to acknowledge this feedback and improve in some way or, or change in some way? You know, some people could have outlandish behavior just isn't considered appropriate in society. I mean, we have prisons full of, you know, 1% of our population that have done things that are not considered okay by society. So I, I think it's the tough part is when, when you're around others and you feel accepted or not accepted, right? As, okay. as part of that unit, whatever unit you're, you're thinking you're trying to be. Life is not made to go entirely uh, on your own, alone. And frankly, you can't get that much done usually uh, alone. So I think that's the tough part. You know, we're, we're both comfortable, right? Right. We but, are. But the world's not always giving us the feedback saying, we love this comfortable Z stuff. We love this comfortable stack. This is great. We love every everything about you. The world's not always saying that to us. And I think that's where this becomes difficult. The, the label of normal or abnormal might be a label of society versus how we label ourselves. But you saying all of that mm-hmm. and people not always being comfortable with who we are, do you think that it's 
because of their insecurities and who they are and not really nor society. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, just because people sit here and say, oh, wow, you know, we're outgoing and we are who we are and they may have an issue with it and they may not say that it's not normal to them. But do you think that it's really an insecurity within themselves? Do you think that maybe they're slightly jealous of the fact that we're abnormal, quote unquote, abnormal? Oh, I, I think we're putting on ourselves on too high a pedestal. I think it's just complicated. Life is complicated. So you got two people interacting or a group and nobody has all the answers to life. So I just think it's complicated. And yeah, motivations like that are there. There's jealousy, envy, all sorts of things like that. And I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, there's some people in certain circumstances that they're just pursuing their self-interest. So it's really not about you at all. Have you ever, have you ever met someone? that the friends that they have around them, they actually have people that they don't want to see those friends more successful than them. They actually feel bad about it if those friends have greater success than them. That's a friendship that doesn't work for them. Their, their friend circle is a chorus of people to make themselves feel better about themselves. You ever met anyone like that? Yes, I have. And yeah. I think... I think you're in my head today. I was just talking about that. And that was like where I was going with it. Um, I have met people like that. And I think that's kind of sad. Like for me, my friends, my circle, whoever I consider, I want to see you succeed. It doesn't matter if you succeed, if it's more than what I have or more than what I That would be ideal. Okay. You lift each other up. That's my ideal friendship. And that's what I try to do with anybody I consider a friend. I want them to succeed. No, and that's good. And that makes a good friend. Um, the opposite of that scenario would be all the friends around you are people that are, say, more accomplished or more successful, um, that they're pushing pushing you in some way, that they're challenging you. I don't think you see a lot of people like that. Um, maybe there's just tremendously ambitious people that purposely form friendships with those at different levels of life at a higher level of life. But I, I don't think you see the opposite either. So I think a lot of friendships are like I initially described, or a little bit more in between, kind of a mixed bag. And I, I think we've all outgrown friends and have had friends that have outgrown us as well, Correct. which is kind of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, that ladder of life, wherever people think they're going or want to go or, um, or, or, or judging others, you know. I think this friendship actually is what you said. Someone who's pushing me. I believe you're the type of friend that pushes me to do better. Well, thank you. That's very nice. I and think, now I know you're the type of friend to lift up others, which yes, feels good. I do. I, I really believe in that. I really believe that there's you should want to be happy. You should want everyone in your circle to be successful. It doesn't matter if they get married, if that's what they want and they achieved it. Great. And I do think that you doing this podcast with me is actually pushing me. I think I look up to you as a person. So whatever you say, I do listen to and I'm like, hmm that's really a good idea. And I don't think I would be doing this podcast had I not even spoken to you about it. I think this would have never happened. And I think you are someone that pushes people and challenges people. And I definitely think you challenge me. So I think that's a good thing. Well, that's great to hear. And I think this entire podcast is mostly just conversations that the world needs, even if we reach a small audience. Uh, the aspect of mental health is just something that needs to be talked about more. I think if both of us had lousy friendships with those around us, they could be repaired if there was the kind of open 
dialogue that we're having now, you know, that I, I think people naturally do want to lift themselves up um, and lift other people up, but we all get stuck in our own little mental ruts and we get focused on ourselves and self-interested um, rather than looking outward. And, and I think it's much easier to make it out of life. My experience is to stop, uh, to get out of your own head and to start thinking about other people to go give. I think when you give, you get you get as much out of it as the person that received your gift of time or, or, or wealth or whatever it is you offered. Um, I just think it's important to do. And I think that's what we're doing, you know, even if we don't have all the answers. Um, but I, I think we're getting there on each episode. We're coming up with some good conclusions. And I think friendship has really been a theme so far now that we're in the third podcast um, is a theme on what is a good friend and that we need other people and you can't, you don't have to go it alone and you shouldn't go it alone in life. And I think I've, and for me, I've learned this more and more as I've gotten older. And I think um, I'm so used to pushing people away and always being in my head and always thinking, but realizing now that I do need other people. And like you said, I can't do it alone. So I think people need to really start reaching out and start trying to communicate and, you know, letting other people know that it's okay, that whatever they're going through, it will pass and that there's somebody there if they need them. Yeah. I think this podcast is a bridge for those people. And I hope in time we have, uh, once we release this, I hope we have a lot of interactivity with our Twitter and getting emails and that kind of thing. And uh, we develop an audience and we, we expand that dialogue. Uh, I think it's a great thing to talk about. Um, so I want to, I want to pivot to success, um, in the second definition of normal, um, it mentioned success and um, many people are ruined by success. They're improved by failure. When you fail, hopefully you learn, you know, you learn something. There's an experience from it and success. I think we all look at that word as positive, um, but success can be troubling. Have you ever had success? Z stuff where success maybe took you away from who you are, um, from how you describe yourself or what your value was that success changed you in a possibly negative way. And if not you, then someone around you. Um, I think it's happened to me when I was younger. You know, when you're younger, you think that you're living on a cloud and everything's perfect. And my mom was making like a lot of money working for the airport. And this was back in New York City before we moved up here to Syracuse. And I felt like I had everything. I had the jewelry, I had the name brand. And then one day it was all gone and I didn't have it. And I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to survive without the jewelry and the name brand and the clothes. And I didn't... I had no clue who Stephanie was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you lost yourself with yeah. success, with uh, financial success, yeah. monetary success. What about you? I remember as a kid, we'd be playing basketball. You'd be playing against one other person and you're playing a game up to 21. That's common. So you get up to like, you know, one person's winning. You'd be winning like 19, 10, 19, 16. Didn't matter. But you get up to 20. So you're one point away. And I would find myself sometimes it was hard to close out that game. And that last point, there was some sort of fear of success to win at the end. And it was the weirdest thing. The shots wouldn't go in anymore, but it became like a psychological thing to close out that last point. And sometimes success is kind of scary to me. I don't know why. I mean, there's nothing negative with it. I, I think, you know, the basketball game might not be the best example. My life wasn't going to change afterwards, but on other successes, um, it, it represents change, I think, is what I think. If somebody is to change a job or to get promoted, there's probably some fear in what would be considered a success because it's a change. 
Um, so I, I think, you know, you can definitely lose yourself in success ruined by it. Um, and there should be a healthy fear about success. If that success is really in line with what you want in life and to be able to handle that success. I think professional athletes today might be the best example. You're, you know, 20 to 25 years old, making millions of dollars, maybe one day billions for all I know. (laughs) And that success financially again, like you were talking about, seems a little premature and they squander it in some ways. Uh, they go they go broke, they go bankrupt, the playing careers aren't long, or they just waste a lot of money. They don't do the positive things they could with the money. Right. Um, they change as a person. Their values all of a sudden uh, get off, spending a ton of money on a car, et cetera. Um, nothing wrong with that. I think if you make a million dollars and you know, you're buying a hundred thousand dollar car, that's 10% of your income. That could be quite reasonable. So this is not a hate on wealth with success. I don't, I don't think wealth is necessarily negative at all. Um, it's nice to have money, but I, I think, you know, success, like any milestone in life, whatever success is for someone, I think it's a pause point to say, is this, is this what I want? What's going to happen from this? Um, what's going to change? I'll never forget where you come from. And yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. do. And that's something that I've learned. Always remember where you started and what led up to where you are now. And I think when people circle back to where they came from, it's after a failure or after that success ruined them. That's when they come back. I think that's when people that believe in God come back to God. It's in the trying times, but it's not in those successful moments. Um, I, I don't see that as often. So. Um, so we're li- we're talking about success as a dangerous thing, and we're talking about failure as possibly a positive thing in terms of being normal, being happy, being fulfilled, and seeing life realistically. I, yeah, talking about this, you're right, absolutely right. I think I, that's oh god, you're like in my brain today with this whole God thing, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, like he's he's really on point with this because. Here I am. I'm always struggling. I come from a seriously Catholic family. This episode is on a Sunday today as we record. Oh, look at this. You're (laughs) right. My grandmother used to sit there and pray every day, and I would look at her, and I'd be like, oh, man. And At one point, my mom thought I was going to become a nun because I was, like, so into religion. And then once my grandmother passed away, that's when I turned around. I was like, oh, no, this isn't it. Like, God, me and you got this issue going on. Between the ears, the podcast that's like going to church. <laughs> Look at this. Yes. There you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We're going to just start saying amen at the right time. No, I, you mentioned that and it's just like, now here I am 31 and going through stuff. Like everybody goes through stuff, but I find myself trying to look to him again and going back to him. And mm-hmm. in order to find my success, because I felt like at some point I was failing. So I, th- I think we have one last question to, to answer is how realistically do we want to see the world? The happier we are, or the more deluded that we're happy, the more we're overestimating ourselves, the more we see just positivity all around us, and we may miss the reality of life. And the reality isn't necessarily more negative but it's less up in the clouds. It's, it, it's probably a little less euphoric, I guess. So I agree with that. How realistic do we want to see life? I think I already see life pretty realistically, which betrays that I may not always be as happy as your pretending normal person appears to be. Um, so I, I think I'm pretty close to where I want to be, although it is, it, always, it is always tempting to see life a little more euphorically and happy. What about you? What do you think about 
seeing life realistically versus kind of being an eternal optimist no matter what comes up? I think sometimes it's just better to see, not sometimes, I think it's just better to see the reality of it. Get your head out the clouds, stop wearing the rose colored glasses because you're going to find yourself on your ass and it's going to be hard. And that's coming from my own personal experiences. No, that's actually in a similar way. And we'll probably, you know, the undercurrent is we're probably talking about money or financial success uh, with part of this is anytime things are going really, really well in life in some ways, in those more material ways, I think, I'm always thinking this can't go on. I got to prep myself to be at a more realistic level. This is unrealistically good right now. This can't last. Isn't that that's kind right. of negative thinking? But I, I think it's realistic thinking for me. And you're kind of saying the same thing. I agree with that. Um, you have to have the good with the bad. What goes up must come down. It can never be perfect. And that's just the bottom line. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Yeah. And, and I think to be richer, not perfect, but what makes life good is relationships. We're talking about friendship and people, the things you can't buy. Uh, that's what makes life good. Um, but as far as these materialistic things, especially, I think a more realistic view is, is more in order. Material things go away. But like you said, those friendships, they last. And I think that's what we need in life. I think that helps. A lot of people feel normal in some way, shape, or form. It helps them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we need more of. I need more lifelong relationships. My friendships have changed over the years from childhood to college to living in a couple states. I need more lifelong relationships. That takes some effort. I'm a bad friend. I tell that to everybody. I am such a bad friend. You describe yourself as a good friend, somebody I that am, lifts though. each other up. I do. I will lift you up, but I will lift you up through a text. I will lift you up through Facebook. I am such a horrible friend when it comes to like getting together because I'm just so lazy. So mm. if you want to stay here and be like, oh, hey, let's go out. I'm going to be like, oh, hey, no. But I hope you have a good time. Let me see the pictures. And I'll sit there and enjoy it with you. In that respect, I think I'm a horrible friend. I think that makes you normal. And I think we're normal and I think we have a lot, uh, a lot more shared traits with other people. So I think we're all normal if we're all struggling through life to some degree. And sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're fulfilled, and sometimes we're not. You've been listening to the Between the Years podcast. Have a future topic idea or just want to interact with us? Tweet us at Between the Years. That's capital B, tween, lowercase, uh, underscore, ears. Thank you for listening.